All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. That would be Kelly Robinson. And I am Neil Sperry, and I welcome you to our program live on this last uh, Saturday of May as we uh, look toward the summertime. Feels like summertime out there. It's going to feel more like summertime as the weekend unfolds. And I hope you have a... uh, a respectful Memorial Day. This is not a time to wish somebody a happy Memorial Day. It is a respectful Memorial Day, and for all kinds of reasons. So I hope that you will get some gardening done this weekend, and I hope that you will uh, uh, take advantage of some of the respectful celebrations that are going on. We need that. And uh, so uh, anyway, uh, that's... Uh, that's all I care to talk about as we begin the program today. Uh, but I would like to invite you to give us a call. Jared Taylor is running the boards and answering the phones, screening the calls uh, to know, let you know that you're calling a gardening talk show. I really could use some calls today because it may be difficult to get calls today. People are doing about 100 things. They're getting the grill ready for the weekend activities. They are shopping. They are mowing the yard. Uh, before it gets any hotter, they are moving the water. They, I don't know what all people are doing, but I know you are listening or you wouldn't be hearing this message. So here's the number. Kelly just gave it to you. I'll give it again. It's toll-free anywhere you can hear me. If you're in uh, the Panhandle, if you're in the Big Bend country, if you're along the coast in Corpus or Victoria or Bryan College Station, East Texas Crockett, Madisonville, if you're... Uh, Anywhere in Texas, you can hear me. If you're out of Texas, you can you can call 888-256-1080. We have about uh, 33 stations that carry the program, and I'd love to hear from you, please, right now. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. As we finish up May and head into June, uh, several things I need to tell you about. One of them is you need to apply. This is probably the last time that I will remind you of this. You need to apply uh, the uh, systemic insecticide imidacloprid. I'll spell it in a moment if you want to grab a pencil uh, for control of crepe myrtle bark scale. All of this is at the website crepemyrtletrails.org, the crepe myrtle trails of McKinney website. Uh, it is uh, That's a, a scale insect and the systemic insecticide imidacloprid will stop it before it ever gets started. That's the insect that looks like mealybugs on the stems and twigs of crepe myrtles. Uh, The uh, insects give off a sticky honeydew and black sooty mold. The sooty mold fungus grows in that honeydew. That's what people notice and complain about, but it's actually the scale insect that causes the whole problem. And if you want to eliminate the problem, you eliminate the scale insects by preventing them before they get a a great big start. And uh, actually, the time to apply it is the middle of May, so you're late already, but get it out as soon as you can. It's I-M-I-D-A-C-L-O-P-R-I-D. You apply it as a soil drench and uh, soak it around the uh, drip line of the plant, the crepe myrtle plant, and uh, it'll be taken into the plant. It takes about three weeks for it to do its job and be taken into the system of the plant. Uh, other things you need to do, this is a time to be planting new sod. We can talk about that if you wish. Uh, also to be seeding Bermuda grass. It's a time to watch your, your junipers and arbovitae and other cone-bearing plants, conifers, uh, for uh, uh, bagworms, they are running 
their course right now across Texas. Uh, they can be sprayed with almost any general purpose insecticide to eliminate them. Uh, so this is the time for bagworms, uh, webworms, tent caterpillars. If you have those in pecans and persimmons, you can uh, prune them out with a long-handled pole pruner. Sprays are not terribly effective because it's hard to get the spray up into the trees, but a pole pruner will work. Get them when they're just getting started and drop them to the ground and then put them in black plastic trash bags, send them off to the landfill. Uh, don't try to... Um, don't try to spray them unless you have a really good access to them with the sprayer, and then you would need to draw, add one drop of liquid dishwashing detergent with your insecticide to help it penetrate into the webs. Uh, if all you can do is put a coat hanger on the end of a pole and pull the webs apart, that's a good start because they'll dry out that way, plus birds will feed on them. But it's better just to nip off the tip end of the branch and let it drop to the ground. What else do we need to talk about? Spider mites may start showing up on your tomatoes. They will turn the bottom leaves a tan color, kind of a manila folder color, and uh, they will flush upward in the in the uh, planting. Uh, you can control them to some degree with general purpose insecticides like malathion. Seven will not help uh, on spider mite control, but just look on the label of the general purpose insecticide for uh, spider mites or two-spotted mites. Um, you may see early blight on tomatoes. Uh, I've had a lot of comments about early blight this year, but it causes yellow blotches on the leaves, like uh, thumbprints on the leaves. Again, they start on the bottom of the leaf and, and spread upwards, and fungicides will help control that. That's, uh, that's enough for starters. Spider mites will be on beans also and a lot of other types of plants. That's enough for starters. We'll uh, go to your questions, but... Uh, only if you call 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour, toll-free, 888-256-1080. Well, I have a, a wonderful opportunity for you for a little while longer. They have been selling like uh, hotcakes, and uh, that is my book, Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening, the fifth printing, while I still have... Uh, them on hand. I will sell them to you at thirty-two ninety-five, and uh, the sixth printing will be thirty-eight ninety-five. I'm trying to clear out the last remaining fifth printing books, and I've put them on sale to do that. Just trying to get everything evened up, and I can take delivery then of the sixth printing. This is three hundred forty-four pages, eight hundred forty photographs. It is a hardback book that covers every aspect of outdoor lawns, landscapes fruit, flower, and vegetable gardening. It's all in this book. I worked a year to write this book, and uh, it took a lifetime to collect the knowledge that I put in or the, all the information I put into the book. I will guarantee your satisfaction with the book or I'll refund every penny. Now, the book is not in stores and not on Amazon. That's why I feel compelled to guarantee your satisfaction. And uh, I sign every copy as it sells. But remember, it's not in stores and not on Amazon. The two ways you can buy it are by calling my office this coming week, Tuesday through Friday. And uh, that number is 800-752-GROW. Or you can go to my website, neilsperry.com, and order it there. That's the better way. I'll be clearing those orders out tomorrow 
and signing tomorrow evening. That's at neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com, or call my office Tuesday through Friday next week, business hours, 800-752-GROW, or again, neilsperry.com. Homegrown goodness, that's what Mueller is all about. They've been producing quality steel buildings and metal roofing right here in Texas for 90 years. But right now you can grow a Mueller greenhouse right in your own backyard. Their easy-to-assemble, bolt-together greenhouses come in five sizes, from 6x9 to 12x21. They feature a galvanized steel frame with more than 30 designer trim colors from which to choose. With hail-resistant polycarbonate panels, lockable walk doors and windows, a Mueller greenhouse will let the sun shine in while it protects your plants year-round. Don't let the weather ruin what you've worked so hard to produce. Get a great greenhouse from a great Texas-grown company. Visit them online at MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R, inc.com or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. That's 877-268-3553. MuellerInc.com. Mueller means more. Mueller means greenhouses. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. Lines are filled, so make note of that number when you hear me emptying a line, finishing a call. That's your time to dial, 888-256-1080. Let's start out in College Station. This is Andrea or Andrea. I'll let you choose, Andrea or Andrea. How are you this morning? Hi, Neil. I'm doing good. It's Andrea, but they, uh, you could say it both ways, so... Uh, I'll bet you hear uh, it both ways. That's right. How can I help you? I have a very uh, good amount of tomatoes, and they're they're very strong. They're they're growing very healthy, very tall. Uh, but I heard that pruning, and I don't mean the fruit. I mean the actual plant. Pruning it can help improve it. Is this is this true? Like a, okay, maybe I don't the lower understand. Say it again. I I don't understand. Yeah, that sure. fruiting so, um, improves improves what? Uh, improves the growth, maybe fruit development. Um, so, like my plants are the the tomato plants themselves are incredibly bushy, and so typically, you know, I don't I um, I have them in their cages, very large cages, which I love. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know, I heard you know prune the lower branches so that way you know it they can grow that maybe the nutrients will grow up. Further, I'm, I'm, I wasn't sure about it, so well, no, I don't. Call it. Yeah, when I grow tomatoes, I do not take the uh, the lower shoots off. I leave them if I'm using a cage. The old style was to, uh, of course, to uh, train them up a uh, a pole or a post, and uh, and we would pinch out all those suckers, all the all the shoots. But that has long since been uh, put aside, and and we grow them in cages and let those develop uh, just for the health and vigor of the plants, I, I would not be taking those off. They will bear fruit also. Yes, they do. They have quite a bit of fruit, and so that's why I wasn't sure. Um, you know, they're very healthy. The lower branches are very healthy, and I, I, I'm just always looking to improve, and so I wanted to make sure, you know, okay, uh, keeping no, I the, think, the... I don't think you with, want to take those off. Um, 
they, uh, you know, there are determinate and indeterminate varieties of tomatoes. Indeterminate varieties, that refers to the fact that the plants just keep growing as they're setting fruit. A determinate variety of tomato is, is one that gets to a height, bears all its fruit, and then just kind of shuts down. Those are primarily, if I'm, if I'm, uh, I, this is not my field uh, as much, but uh, I think those are primarily uh, bred for commercial production where they're going in and harvesting all at one time. They don't want to have to go back through the, they want to do it with, with machinery and they don't want to have to go back through again because it would, it's going to tear up the, the plants to, to harvest. But uh, yeah. most, of our, most of our home garden varieties are indeterminate. And you don't want yeah. to take those side shoots off. You want to let them just grow. Okay. Okay. Well, good. Good to know. I'm, I'm really glad. Because I didn't want to see them back, but I just wanted to no. double check. Yep. You're doing the right thing. Good deal. Appreciate the call. All right. Let's go to Terry in Williams uh, County. And Terry must not be in Williams County anymore. What'd you say? Jared, say it again. Yeah, that's uh, lost the cell signal probably. Let's go to John in Corpus Christi. We had three straight tomato calls. Now we have two straight uh, tomato calls. John, this is Neil. Good morning. Hello, John. Hey, can you hear me? I hear you now. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, uh, I got another tomato question. Uh, my wife and I have been trying to grow tomatoes. Oh, it's our third year, and... Uh, what always seems to get us is these worms. You know, they'll eat the leaves, and the next thing you know, they're eating the tomatoes. And I've heard uh, you can put, you know, diatomaceous earth on the on the bottom and cut them. I guess you'd cut the worm and it would die. Or you can spray, say, uh, dishwashing liquid on it, or use seven dust if you had to. Um, What's the best way? You know, I just dream about eating these huge red uh, tomatoes <laughs> at my grandmother's house uh, in Georgia. That uh, there was unbelievably, well, it was like eating a watermelon, and I just cannot get that kind of all right. tomato. Well, first of all, start listening I, to somebody else. You're, you're saying you've heard. Start listening to somebody else because those uh, pieces of advice for the control of the caterpillars, uh, those are not good pieces of advice. The uh, dishwashing okay. detergent won't do a bit of good. The uh, yeah. diatomaceous earth, uh, that's, not, that's not what it's intended for. And uh, seven no. would be okay, but Bacillus thuringiensis is going to work better on caterpillars. It's called BT. If you go into a garden center, they'll know what it is. It's a biological control. I'm not hung up on, on using all organics. I use what works yeah. best. And, and in the case of caterpillars, especially looping types that, that loop like an inchworm when they, when they move around, uh, BT is yes. the way to go. However, uh, the, the ones that get on tomatoes are not looping types usually. But anyway, to yeah. my point, you may, have, uh, you may have tomato hornworms eating the foliage, or you could have tomato fruit worms uh, getting into the fruit. Yeah. Uh, in either case, almost any general-purpose insecticide will help you. Uh, the third and final thing I wanted okay. to mention to you is uh, growing conditions in Georgia are very, very different. Uh, from growing conditions in Corpus Christi or most of Texas. Yeah, I, I and, can imagine. And yeah. that impacts the tomato variety selection immensely. 
and variety selection is where you pick up the the size of fruit in Texas uh-huh. except in the in the cooler parts of the mountains of West Texas and perhaps in the far northern parts of the panhandle where evening temperatures are cooler in most of Texas it is not a good plan to grow large tomatoes large varieties of tomatoes okay. they do not set fruit when it's cool in in early spring and by early season meaning uh, uh, late April or or early May in most of Texas uh, March What's a good variety? April and yours. I'll give you that in just a second. They won't set fruit when it's below 70, and they quit setting fruit when daytime temperatures go above 90. So here we're going above 90 over most of the state tomorrow and, and today. And so they're not going to, right. varieties like Big Boy and Beefsteak are not going to set fruit. They would set fruit in northern Georgia well into the summer because the temperatures are more moderate. Those were bred right. for the Midwest. The ones you want to use in our state are uh, uh, small to mid-sized tomatoes, up to tennis ball size and smaller. So starting with the smallest ones, these are the ones that people are going to scoff at. But they are very productive, and they will be productive through the summer, would be uh, uh, sweet, super sweet 100s. Those are the cherry-type tomatoes that are so sweet and so productive. But they are small, so that's that's one. Uh, then you have okay. red cherry, you have yellow pear, and going a little larger in size, you get porter, and you get uh, uh, then up to romas and uh, fan- super fantastic. You get uh, early girl, which is not the best tomato, but it is early and, and it is a, a producer. You get um, uh, better boy. Um, I'm leaving out one or two that I want to get. And then you, the, the largest one you ought to grow in our state is a celebrity. And if you stay Whatever. with those, then you'll have the best uh, chance of getting. Well, that, that may be our thing. We're going to grow too big of a tomato. I, I don't know that that's the problem. I didn't hear that, so I don't know what I'm agreeing to. Say it again. I'm saying we're trying to grow too big of a tomato here down, down here in Portland. That's right. They should never be sold. It's a disservice okay. to customers to sell Big Boy and Beefsteak and any of the big tomato varieties. Yeah, okay. Well, I sure All appreciate right. it. You're welcome. Help. Thanks for calling. Sharing. Appreciate you listening. Okay, Thanks thank you. for calling. All right, Clayton and Burton will be uh, coming to you next, so stay with me on your pecan question. Folks, we've opened up three lines for you. How about that? That's just uh, the generosity of Jared Taylor and Neil. 888 888- Two five six ten eighty. Call right now, won't you please? Eight 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 two five six ten eighty. Niels Ferry's E Gardens is my free electronic newsletter that we send from my computer to your email on Thursday evenings, just a moment after six p.m. It comes from Constant Contact. It is free and always will be. Eighteen years I've been doing E Gardens. I spend a day and a half, maybe two days a week working on E Gardens. And you're getting all of that part of my time uh, at no charge at all. You always get a featured plant of the week. You will always get a featured, uh, well, used to get a featured question of the week. Now you're getting 12 or 15 questions of the week that people have sent in. You have a chance to send a question in, too. Uh, the uh, suggestion I have is post your question. Uh, it needs to come through eGardens. You need to be a subscriber to eGardens to be able to do that. And you need to post it right at 6 o'clock on Thursdays. Um, and then always gardening this weekend, where I point out the most critical things to get done in that weekend. 
and other stories as well. Take a look at eGardens. I think you'll want to subscribe to it. You have to do the subscribing, but like I say, it's free, always will be. I will never give or sell your email address to anybody. Take a look at it. At my website, that's where you sign up. That's neilsperry.com. Same place you go to buy my book, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Click on eGardens. I'll have more after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. We have one line left out of the uh, ones we started with, 888-256-1080. I guess Kelly just gave you that number, 888-256-1080. Let's go to Clayton in Burton. Clayton, this is Neil. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Neil. Yes, sir. This is another another comment on tomatoes. (laughs) It's my grandmother's recipe. She never sprayed them or seven dust or anything. She just planted a lot of marigolds all around her garden, and that would keep almost all the bugs out, which I yeah, imagine well, is like a them. Yeah, but the only problem with yeah. that is that's like a magnet to draw spider mites into them, and then you have the biggest problem of all. It's, I'd rather well, have anything than spider mites, but anyway. All right. How can true. I help you? All right. This morning you commented on the pecans, and what to spray them with and how to treat them and everything. And a long time ago when I was little, I always seen whitewashed all the pecan trees at the bottom. Then later on, a friend of mine, well, it was an uncle in downtown Houston. He saved all his ashes that, I mean, like he would burn firewood or whatever, but he would save all his ashes and dump them around the bottom of a pecan tree. Yeah. And never sprayed them not one time. Yeah, Clayton, I don't know where I was. Wash. I don't know where I was talking about pecans. Are you talking about on this program? When you, yes, when you first opened up, you making a comment. Oh, I was on. talking about uh, tent caterpillars and pruning them out. Just, just uh, yes, not trying to spray them because they're they're too far up, too hard to get yeah. a spray. I guess that was with the other tomatoes and everything, but uh, yes, sir. I just as far as ashes are concerned, started. as far as ashes are concerned, let me give you the one warning there. This is why I, um, well, anyway, uh, ashes are extremely alkaline, and if you're in an acidic soil like the eastern 15 or 20 percent of Texas has, then they would probably be okay. But for most of Texas, ashes are not to be used in the soil because they will compound any soil problems you have. Uh, up and down Interstate 35, for example, not 45, but 35, you put ashes in the soil and you will you will watch your plants just really have trouble because the soil already is highly alkaline, the water is highly alkaline, and here you come with fireplace yes. ashes and it'll just make things worse. How can I help you? Do you have a question for me? No, it was just a okay. comment that he dumped that around the top. He never sprayed or anything. Okay. He had well, just yeah, I think he was. I think he was lucky open. then. I, I appreciate that very much. It would not be yeah. my recommendation. I need to put that on the record, though. Well, so, yeah, yeah, I don't mean to be I do it every year. Yeah, All I've right. got. Well, thank you for the call very, very it. much. Let me move on to uh, Buddy and Brenham, if I could. Don't mean to be rude. I just want to make sure we get get uh, um, the. Things stated in a comfortable way for me. I've got to live with the what goes out on the air. Let's go to Buddy and Brenham. Buddy, this is Neil. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Uh, got another tomato question for you. Sure. If you can expand another one. You betcha. Uh, mine are getting matured uh, for about the last week. 
every one of them, when they turn from green to slightly orange, they get a black rotten bottom. Okay. So far, it's been the first five or six. Every one that I was ready to pick, and I pick them early when they start to really turn before the mockingbirds pack them. Sure. I bring them in, and I let them mature three or four days before we use them, eat them. But these are all having a black bottom, and I can't figure what the problem there is. All right. I can tell you what it is, and I can give you a couple of suggestions. Um, What you are seeing is a uh, phenomenon known as blossom and rot. Uh, the blossom end of the fruit is where that's happening on the on the far end of the fruit. It's where the flower was, and um, I'm going to take you back in history about 40 or 50 years. And at one point, there was discussion that it was a lack of calcium in the soil that the that the tissues were breaking down, and therefore, if we added calcium, that it would help. And then people would point out, well, yeah, well, how come it's showing up in soils that are just about made of calcium? Again, along Interstate 35. Uh, not that you're along Interstate 35, but, but you'd see blossom end rot everywhere. And, uh, and, and more recently, you're seeing more and more universities uh, say this is not necessarily calcium. It's more uneven moisture content. And where I noticed it first and worst was in container tomatoes. When people would grow tomatoes in pots uh, on patios, maybe in, in smaller neighbor, uh, smaller lots, and they'd, they'd put them in, in pots that were a little too small, maybe a five- or seven-gallon pot, the plant would overgrow the pot, it'd outgrow the pot, and they couldn't water often enough, and the, so the plants would wilt. The, a fruit, yeah. a, a tomato doesn't wilt. A tomato itself does not wilt. The, the fruit itself does not wilt. But that is the point farthest from the roots. That's, if it gets dry, that's where the fruit will get dry. And so when you have tomatoes that are in a drought situation or in, in soil that is getting too dry, that's where you will see the tissues break down. Blossom end rot is caused by uneven moisture, uh, specifically plants that have gotten too dry. Uh, 100% of the the time when I have recommended to people uh, that they water uh, very diligently, more carefully, and don't let the plants wilt, they've reported back the next year, man, that solved that problem. And so that's that's what I'd recommend to you, buddy, is be really careful of the watering the rest of this uh, spring season. I think you'll see that the successive fruit that you get will be better. Well, I've got these in 30-gallon mineral lick tubs from cattle and have the bottoms drilled so they'll drain okay. uh, they're on the patio they get watered every day uh, they're not lacking water i've got them in cages made out of uh wire that's about six feet up and they're already over the top of the six foot wire right i'm so they're not down low on the ground and they get watered uh, nothing to do with that yeah nothing to do with that it i i don't want to yeah. All right. I don't want to change my answer because I'm comfortable with my answer. They may not be getting dry at the top of the soil. They may not be getting enough moisture down below. I don't know what soil mix you have. I'd have to watch the plants for a while. But if they're that tall, they, they may not be processing the water through their systems fast enough to get it out to the end of the fruit. You know, maybe something as simple as that. 
We've had some very hot weather very early, but it is moisture-related. It is related to their ability to get water moisture to the end of the fruit. Now, if you want to add some calcium and try that, do do a search on the Internet, but please, I'm going to ask of you, put the put the word university in that search. Don't just look at what uh, folk remedies people have. Put the word university, uh, tomato, blossom, end rot, and, and see what you come up with, because I think you'll find some really good information. Okay, well, thank you. Yeah, and I, I think you'll find, and, and put Tex A&M there, you'll find some good stuff from Aggie Horticulture, and I, I think you'll find the, the kind of help you want. I spent about an hour doing the research on it um, two weeks ago for my electronic newsletter, I think it was. I think you'll find some help there. I hope I've helped. I've tried. So anyway, good luck with them. Yeah, thank you for the call. All right, let me uh, take a break and let me refill the phone lines, if you will. It's, I keep hearing phantom uh, busy signals and things. 888-256-1080 is the number. Please call right now, won't you? 888-256-1080, The opportunity to get my fifth printing of my book at thirty-two ninety-five, it will be thirty-eight ninety-five once this sells out. The sixth printing is exactly the same, with two paragraphs exception that that uh, mention the 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 uh, extreme cold of February twenty twenty-one. You already know that that happened. That's uh, just uh, two paragraphs in chapter one. Otherwise, the books are verbatim the same. So you really. You really can save some good money. But once I sell out, and that's not going to be too much longer, then that offer will go away. Thirty-two ninety-five is all you will have to pay. Uh, there are two ways you can get the book. Uh, one is by calling my office. The other is my website. The book is not and never has been in stores. Don't plan to put it there either or on Amazon either. So uh, I'll give you the uh, contact information in just a second. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas, things you need to know to get you started. Chapter 2 is a 48-page calendar that tells you when to plant, prune, fertilize, and spray all the plants in your landscape and garden. That's a huge amount of information that I've never put in any book before. Chapters 3 through 11 are extremely detailed chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, and fruit and vegetables. 344 pages, 840 of my photographs. It's all a hardback, and I sign every copy as it sells. Again, not in stores and not on Amazon. You get it by calling my office Monday through Friday, business hours. This next week, it'll be Tuesday through Friday. That number is 800-752-GROW, 800-752-4769. But the better way that you can do right now is go to my website and order it there at neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L. S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening, just thirty-two ninety-five for a very limited time more. More after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very, very much. And again, let me give you that number, 888-256-1080. Let's go to John in Amarillo. John, this is Neil. Good morning. Question for you. Is uh, backyard is all uh, shade, and we're having a difficult time getting plants to grow. 
and then that'll live through the winter. Uh, you got any uh, suggestions for backyard plants that will live up here? All right, and what kind of plants are you talking about? Are you talking about shrubs, ground cover? What are you talking about? Well, more like shrubs. All right. We have we've tried boxwoods, and they do okay in the front where they get some light, but in the back they 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 struggle. Yeah, I would go with hollies. Hollies will do well for you, given water. And anything's going to need to have water, and I know you go long periods of time without much water. But uh, I'm a holly fanatic, and and uh, so I would go with some of the uh, the, the dwarf hollies, uh, Carissa, dwarf yopon, dwarf burford. Those are all excellent. I have nothing but shade in my landscape. We're a very different uh, uh, environment in, in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but uh, uh, they have been below zero, uh, not as cold as you all go, but within five or eight degrees of it uh, last year, and they all came through beautifully. Uh, I, would, I would recommend them very highly. Um, I would really recommend that you get into a local nursery Look for somebody who is a Texas certified nursery professional and ask them, let them own part of the answer for you. Say, all right, am I making any mistakes here? I'm counting on you to give me good advice and, you know, stay away from the big box stores and get into a local independent garden center and let them help you. And and they will know some of the other uh, really well adapted plants that will do well for you. But I know I know the hollies will do well. Uh, oak leaf hydrangea would do well. Um, I think probably le- leather leaf mahonia would do well. I, I think it's uh, yeah. I see. I read all those in your book. I got your book, and I that's highlighted right. some of those. And those are all those are all well adapted. And I'm going to stick with those because of, those are the the long proven ones. Do you have some in particular that you're curious about? No, not really. As a as a anytime I usually plant something, half of them die anyway. So well, <laughs> whatever that's... I do. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't plant those again. Um, you have a lot of challenges. It's not an easy environment that you're in. I, I get that. I've been there. I've, I've, I've looked. Uh, I've spent time. I understand. Uh, but water is the, is the key issue. Bed preparation, all that's important too, but water is the key issue. If you can just get that to them, and if you can get them started the first year or two, you need to water by hand so that they don't dry out, and and then you're in better shape. But you can do it. I know you can do it. But I would look for a Texas-certified nursery professional and let them, let him or her guide you and, and give you some additional advice on site. Well, I appreciate it, and thank you so much. You can do it. Just remember I to- told you that, I promise. All right, thanks for the call very much. All right, let me uh, tell you once again about my website and invite you to go there because that is kind of the hub of, of what I do. It's where you buy my book. It uh, Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. In fact, I, I chose when I uh, published the book not to put it in stores, not to put it on Amazon, but to put it on my own website because I knew I could keep the price down a lot lower for you by doing that. And that way I also would get to sign every copy for you. Uh, so that's Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. It has Adirondack chairs on the cover, not the uh, cowboy boots. That's the old book that's uh, now uh, 30, 31 years old. Um, you you want my newest book, and that's the one with the, the Adirondack chairs. Um, you also sign up for eGardens, my free electronic newsletter, at my website, neilsperry.com. 
answers to my 1001 frequently asked questions. They're on neilsperry.com. Information on Rose Rosette virus and uh, Great Myrtle Bark Scale and a lot of other things. All of that archived at neilsperry.com. Podcasts of this program and the other radio programs that I do. All of it at N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. There's a lot of talk these days about made in America, but I'd like to tell you about something that's been made in America for 90 years, not just the last few days. Mueller Metal Roofing and Mueller Steel Buildings have been made right here by people who care about quality of both materials and workmanship. Whether it's a metal roof for your home or a custom steel building, maybe even a shed or a greenhouse for the backyard, Mueller means quality. Mueller has four manufacturing facilities right here in the USA. And with 33 branches for sales and service, there's a Mueller location near you. When you choose Mueller for metal buildings or roofing, you're choosing the best quality products to protect your family and your property. And you're supporting local jobs and local families. These are ordinary, hard-working folks who are proud to provide a product that's made right here in America. If a company's been around 90 years making customers' dreams come true, they're doing something right. Visit MuellerInc.com. Give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER. M-U-E-L-L-E-R. That's MuellerInc.com or call 877-268-3553. They are Mueller. They are made in America and they're made to last. MuellerInc.com. I'll have more after this message. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. And to Jared Taylor, who has uh, put this program together uh, off the rocks and into the into your ear. Uh, thank you to Jared. Let's go back to the phones. We have Reuben in Corpus Christi. Reuben, this is Neil. Good morning. Hey, morning, Neil. How are you? I'm well, thank you, sir. How can I help you? Well, I bought a blueberry plant at HEB or HEB Plus on Saratoga, and I have it in the con- original container, and it's growing in one blueberry. Uh, should I plant it in the, in the ground now or wait a little longer? Well, Blueberries in Corpus Christi are going to be a real challenge. First of all, you need two varieties uh, that bloom at the same time, oh. different varieties, not just two plants, but yeah. two different varieties. Um, they need to have an extremely acidic soil, and I don't think you're going to have that. They are adapted to the piney woods of East Texas, and that's pretty much it yeah. in Texas. So you're going to have to grow them in great big containers, probably a 50- or 70-gallon container that's filled with peat moss. I, uh, there's nothing about my answer that is, is going to sound good. You know, I'm only the messenger. <laughs> don't, don't send oh, yeah, me yeah. email. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, honestly, they shouldn't have uh, been sold to you or it. So, oh, yeah. And I, I don't no, mind I just got excited because my, my son lives up in Nacogdoches, and they, they got a couple of them. Give it, give it to him and let him have it. Tell him it's an early, yeah. uh, well, whatever, Christmas present. Christmas. <laughs> because it, yeah, will there do, you go. it will do very well for him, seriously. And it won't for you, probably. You you do so well with blackberries and some of the other berries, but not blueberries. Oh, the, my blackberries are going crazy. They go everywhere. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Look at, look at right. what you can grow that he can't grow. You can grow citrus. You can grow so many things that he can't grow, but not yes. blueberries. So I got to run, but hope that helps. Thank you, sir. Folks, I have enjoyed being with you very much, and I appreciate each of you. Please have a respectful Memorial Day. Until next week, happy gardening.